Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. The Bible is the single most important book in history. It is the very words of God put on paper. In this podcast, we will walk through the pages of His Word as we seek to understand His message to us. In Isaiah 55:11, God says, My word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper where I send it. As we study His Word, He will accomplish within us what He desires. That is our prayer. That is the journey. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Journey Through the Bible. This is Josh. I'm so excited that you've joined me on this episode of Journey Through the Bible. I firmly believe what the intro says in that verse in Isaiah, that God's word, when it goes forth, it will not go forth void, but it will return, having accomplished what God purposed for it to accomplish. And that's why it's so important for us to know and understand and to study the word of God. And that's exactly what we do here on the Journey Through the Bible podcast. We seek to understand and to know the word of God. I want to remind you uh, that you can find the home of Journey Through the Bible at revival-america.com. There you can find other resources, blogs, a prayer link to join us in praying for revival for this country, and more on revival-america.com. This episode we are going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to really just be covering the first verse of chapter 4, and it reads as follows. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Here in the first verse of Ephesians, Paul is beginning the transition from the first half of Ephesians to the latter half. In the first half, we really had this litany of doctrinal truths that Paul brings out, right? That Jesus is the one who saves. Jesus is the one who has power. We were dead, but we were made alive through and in Jesus, we were divided, but we have been made one in the covenant under God in Jesus, right? All these doctrinal truths that we see in the first three chapters. And here, Paul transitions from doctrinal truths to what we'll see the latter half of Ephesians, which is practical exhortations. We see in the first half, those first three chapters of Ephesians, where we see the work of God without our participation. Right? If we look at those, those first three chapters, there's not really a whole lot that we do outside of receiving and accepting the gift that he has given. We are not really told or exhorted to do anything. It's just really all about the work of Christ and the power of Christ within us. And so we see in the chapters 1, 2, and 3 the work of God without our participation. But here Paul begins to to transition to where we see the work of God through or in or with our participation. That is what we're going to see for the remainder of Ephesians chapter 4, 5, and 6 is we see the work of God working through or working with or alongside our participation. And so Paul here, he begins, uh, he begins with this word, therefore. And I've heard preachers say it my whole life. If you see a therefore, you have to ask, what is it therefore? Right? And so Paul 
is, is telling us in light of all that God has done for us, right? In light of all the truths that we have seen in chapters 1, 2, and 3, in light of the fact that Jesus has the power to save and he does save, in light of the fact that we were dead but we have been made alive through the power of Christ, in light of the fact that Jesus unites us, in light of the fact that Jesus works his power on our behalf, in light of this, now I'm going to tell you to do this, or I'm going to exhort you or encourage you to do this. And so therefore he says, I urge you, and this this urge you is very, very strong. I want us to, to catch how strong this is. It's it's to beg or or to implore. Paul is urging us and, and begging us, in light of all that God has done, walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Now we can look at this this word walk, and this it's gonna be something we see quite frequently over the next particularly two chapters, chapter four and five of Ephesians. Paul frequently throughout the New Testament and other New Testament writers use this term walk as a metaphor for the life that we lead. We can go back to the Greek and we see it literally means to walk or to lead a life or even to devote yourself to something. And so Paul is urging us, he is imploring us, devote your life, become committed to leading a life that is worthy of the calling with which Christ has called you. Right, walk is used seven times just in Ephesians. And it's used over 21 times in this sense in the New Testament. And throughout the New Testament, we can see if we study, if we look at the word walk in, in the way that it's used here, that is the metaphor for the life that we lead, uh, we, we can see three different modes that, that walk is used. We can see we are, have, we are implored to walk in a way that is moral. There, there's the moral walk, there's the motivational walk, and there is the missional walk. So we're going to walk through those three things, and that's going to help us grasp what, what Paul is, is telling us or, or, or urging us here in verse 1 of chapter 4. right? So the moral speaks to the decisions we make with our lifestyle. You know, Is what I'm doing right or wrong? Is what I'm saying right or wrong? Are the things that I'm participating in right or wrong? Is, is, how, is how I lead my life, right? Is it, is it morally right or morally wrong? And there is this sense in the New Testament that Paul and the other New Testament writers encourage us to lead a life of morally right decisions, right? Romans 13 and 13 tells us, it says this, it says, let us walk properly. Colossians 1 and 10 tells us again to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 12 again repeats this refrain, walk in a manner worthy of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 tells us to walk to please God. 1 John 2 and 6 tells us to walk in the same way that Jesus walked. 2 John 6 tells us to walk according to to his commandments. And so we see th just sprinkled throughout the New Testament this idea that the way we live, the way we walk matters. The way we act, the way we talk, the things we participate in, it matters. 
There is a moral way, and there is also the motivational walk. This motivational uh, speaks to from that from what place are we living and making decisions? Are we making decisions from the flesh, or are we making decisions from the spirit? Are we making decisions through faith or through sight? Are we making decisions based on what makes us feel good, or are we making decisions based on what pleases? Jesus. Romans 6 and 4 tells us to walk in the newness of, of life. And we talked about that back in Ephesians uh, chapter chapter 2, right? We were dead, but now we are alive. And so Paul is urging us and the New Testament writers are urging us to now walk in that newness of life. You were dead, but now you are alive. So now walk like you are alive, right? Romans 8 and 4 tells us to walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, if we're walking according to the flesh, right, we are pleasing ourselves. We are going to do what makes us feel good. We are going to do what what we desire. But when we begin to make decisions according to the spirit, when we walk according to the spirit, what I want is no longer paramount, but what he wants takes over. Second Corinthians five and seven tells us to walk by faith, not by sight. Galatians 5 and 16 tells us to walk in the Spirit. And Paul says there, if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Ephesians 5 and 8, and we'll talk about this when we we get there more in depth, but it tells us to walk as children of light. 1 John 1 and 7 tells us to walk in the light. So from what motivation are you living your life? Are you living your life to please you? Are you living your life to get the most out of it for you? Or are you living your life in a manner and in a way that pleases Jesus? We also are encouraged to walk in a way that is missional. And this speaks to, are we walking in a way to show Christ to those around us? Are the decisions that we make or the things that we do and participate in, are, are, are they showing Christ to those around us? First Thessalonians 4 and 12 tells us to walk properly towards outsiders. Ephesians 2.1 tells us to walk in good works. Ephesians 5 and 2 tells us to walk in love. Colossians 4 and 5 tells us to walk in wisdom. Colossians 2 and 6 tells us to walk in Jesus. And so Paul is urging us to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling with which we have called. But we, we walk in a way that is morally right. We walk in a way that is from the right motivation that we are living by the spirit, not from the flesh. And we're walking in a way where we show Christ to those around us. And he tells us to walk in a manner worthy. This word worthy, if you go back to the Greek, it literally means equal weight. So Paul is urging us to walk in a way that is consistent with the work of God in our lives. Right? I used to, growing up, I used to, I used to look at this verse and I used to think of it Literally, you know, it was, it was for those called to the ministry, right? Walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling with which you've been called. But, but in, in reality, this is not that, right? We have all been called. And what is that calling, right? Paul detailed it in the first three chapters of Ephesians. That calling with which we have been called is salvation. It is unity. It is to Christ, And so Paul is telling us to walk in a manner that is worthy of that calling. Walk in a manner that is worthy of the salvation with which Christ has offered us. 
Walk in a manner that shows that you have been made alive. Walk in a manner that shows that you have been unified. Walk in a manner that shows what Christ has done. Walk in a way that is consistent with the work of God in our lives. What has Christ done in your life? And does the walk that you are leading reflect what Christ has done? That's what Paul is telling us here. Walk in a manner that is consistent. Walk in a manner that reflects what Christ has done in your life. Paul is going to then spend the next three chapters in which we will detail as we get there on what this looks like. What does it look like to walk in a manner that is reflecting the work that Christ has done in our life? What does it look like to walk in a manner that that is consistent with the salvation and the power of Christ that he has worked within us? And so I just want to end this. This is a shorter episode because I wanted to, us to grasp this verse one because it is so paramount for the rest of Ephesians. But, but I just want to ask you, what, what does your walk look like? Does the way that you were leading your life reflect the grace and power that God has worked within you? Is the way or the decisions that you are making, the activities you're participating in, the speech you are producing, is it all reflecting the power of Christ at work in your life? Is your life consistent with what God has done in you, through you, and for you? That's what Paul is telling us here. Walk in a manner that is consistent, that is reflecting, that is worthy of what Christ has done in your life. So let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray that you would just spark this word within our hearts. Lord, that we would walk in a manner that is worthy of what you have done for us. Lord, that the that, that our lives would reflect the power of Christ at work within us. That our lives would be consistent with the work of God in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.